Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Happy New Year, TFS fans. We are back and welcome to 2022. Lots to talk about. Bowl season wrapped up. CFP preview coming up, NFL playoffs coming up. We don't talk about much about hockey or basketball or NBA anyway. They're ongoing, going great. Things happening, moving and shaking, guys declaring for the draft, Michigan State guys declaring, some staying. Plenty of stuff to talk about, plenty of things to complain about, plenty of rants to be had. Let's just get to it. Ryan, podium's yours. Yeah, a tremendous weekend of, of football um, in, in sports in general um, over over the holiday um, this past weekend. But um, sticking with football, um, Kirk Herbstreet, a guy that we've kind of bashed on a decent amount here on, on this podcast. Um, I'm going to kind of bash on him here, um, even though what he says is he's semi-right, but he's semi-wrong for the way he said it. So long story short, um, on, on New Year's Day, on, on college game day, he said, um, I think this era of, of player just doesn't love football anymore. Long story short, talking about opting out bowl games and just players in general. Um, I get the opting out part, him being mad about that, but it's a business decision. Um, you look at a guy like Matt Corral, a guy who could be a top 10 pick, gets hurt, almost broke his leg, but extras are negative, thank goodness for him. Um, and you look at a guy like Kenny Pickett who sat out and then his quarterback that, that came in for him um, gets hurt, breaks his collarbone, that could have been him. Um, so it's crazy uh, for him to say something like that. I don't think it's it's business decisions there. It's not for a lack of the love of the game, Kirk. Stop saying that. And then Desmond chimes in and does his thing and tries to act like he agrees and screw you, Desmond. We're we're start, we're done with you. Um, it's it's just the criticism. You can't criticize these kids and say they don't love football when they put it all out there um, for their schools. Um, and then decide to make a business decision. These guys that are in the playoff weren't sitting out, um, and a lot of guys, I mean, there are a few that sat out New Year's Six Bowls, but a, a good amount didn't, um, who could have gone pro. Um, so you're wrong, Kurt. You're wrong. Um, Desmond, stop. Yeah, lots of things there to agree on for sure. My podium, we started last week with a little bit of part one, we'll call it, of delusional Michigan fans, and we're going to have a part two again about Michigan fans, but first I'm going to start, and I'm going to humor humor me here a second. I'm going to give you a definition. Humility. It's a noun. A modest or low view of one's own importance. Also, humbleness. Why do I start with that? Michigan fans, you ain't got it. And I'm not talking to all of you, okay? I know that there are some... 
you'll say it's the few that are the bad ones, blah, blah. I don't agree with that necessarily, but there's good ones out there. I mean, I'm not going to lump and say all Michigan fans, but let's just say the Michigan fans who continually open their mouth with excuses, just stop. Stop making excuses. This is why everyone outside of your alumni base and your Walmart fan base can't stand you. Own your own you-know-what. We don't need excuses. The heat and humidity, please. It was a night game in December. You'd been there for five days. Michigan State played in swamp timber at noon when it was 95 with 95% humidity. They weren't down there for five days. You didn't see them having issues with it. Stop making excuses. Jimmy throws out there, well, the lights. What? The lights? What? Maybe if you're not out there looking like a doofus playing catch with your receiver gloves on, you can get your guys some eye black or something. I mean, what, what, with the lights? Are you serious? You got run by a much better team. And guys, there's no shame in that. Just freaking own it. Michigan State, we got run back in 2014, 15, whatever year it was, 2015 by Alabama. Yeah, we got run. I'm not going to say we didn't belong there because we were one of the top four teams, but clearly the SEC was better than us. So the thing is, it's predictable. The way you respond after this game with these excuses, then my favorite, I called it, I said this to Kristen, you watch. This is what's going to happen. And then Rachel comes home and tells me about it. I saw it on TikTok. That Michigan fans were going to post Michigan State's score from that 2015 Bama game and say, well, at least we didn't lose this bad. Uh, who owns, it was that bad. Who owns whose headspace? Okay, so your score wasn't as bad? Trust me. Go back and watch the game. It was as bad. You were run off the field. And the truth be told, if it was Michigan State, it would have been no different. This isn't about Michigan State versus Michigan. So stop making this about, oh, by the way, the team that beat you the last two years with your supposed better team this year. The team, by the way, too, that has beaten you 10 of the last 14 years. But that that's neither here nor there. You got smashed. Accept it. Own it. Move on. Have some humility and some grace for a change. Arrogance is ugly. And you're the ugliest bell at the ball. My last piece of advice. When you win, say nothing. When you lose, say less. All right. Ryan, who are we going to tee up this week? Probably the most obvious one in a while, um, Antonio Brown. Um, just, uh, just a, it, it's a, it's an awful situation. A sad, I think in my mind, very sad. Um, what happened? Um, you all saw it. Uh, if you didn't, um, he had a little falling out on the sideline um, with the with the Buccaneers, and he took off his shoulder pads, chucked them on the ground. Uh, and proceeded to throw his shirt and gloves up into the stands and walk up the field, give him the peace sign, um, walked out of the stadium the, and, and tried to like have the police take him to the to the airport. Um, and he ends up in an Uber with some guy, and he's still in New York last night watching the, the Nets game. Um, this guy's got to be mentally ill. Um, something with CTE going on, I don't know, but he's not right in the head. Um, sad. Um, but it's weird. The Buccaneers have not waived him. They have not. They never. He's not on waivers. He's still on the roster, which is very odd. The one thing I would point out too is, and I saw this. Somebody called it out on LinkedIn. You know, while we're focusing on the negatives of Antonio Brown, and I'm sorry, like whether he's got something mentally wrong or off or whatever, 
clearly needs help, and and look, he deserves the negative attention he's getting. Mike Evans should get a little pat on the back because he tried to implore him to stay. Like, keep your head, dude. Keep in the game. I don't even know what was the impetus of his outburst. It was about his injury, apparently. I, I, I mean... The guy's been an issue for a while. I, Ryan and I have talked about this. I, I mean, he may be the first case of living. Maybe they can prove living CTE. Usually, they find that out after the fact with RIP guys like Junior Seau or, um, you know, Duerson from the Bears and guys like that. But I mean, clearly, he's been knocked in the head one too many times. He needs some help. I mean, this isn't the first time. It's probably maybe one of the more obvious times on the field, but. Boy, I mean, he's teed up with a little bit of kid gloves because it's kind of like you feel bad for him, but still, you're a professional making millions of dollars. Act like it. Save that stuff for the locker room. Whatever. I give Brady credit, too. I mean, like he said, you know, we need to, people should have patience and empathy or whatever. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but at the same time, you can't have an outburst like that and expect people not to rail on the guy. Fact. Just fact. All right, we got a good around-the-world plan today. Um, let's start it off. Big Ten did pretty decent. I don't know what we have the overall like record for Big Ten, but we're going to talk about the Big Ten and their bowls, um, including um, we're going to talk CFP in a little bit, but we'll include Michigan in there because that was a bowl game, the Orange Bowl, even though it was a CFP game. What were they, six and I think four. six and four, yeah. With Rutgers being Rutgers thrown in there. Three, you know, got off to a hot, hot start. So off the top of my head, you know, Minnesota won, Minnesota Wisconsin won, won, Michigan State won, Maryland, Maryland looked really Purdue. good, Purdue, Ohio epic State. game. That was one of the better games. Tennessee fans are probably rightfully butthurt, but still it's kind of fun to beat the SEC that way. Um, and then it kind of stopped, minus Ohio State's epic game in the Rose Bowl, which was crazy, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, I mean, Michigan got run. Who else did we have? I mean, Rutgers was just there because of their, whatever, their grade situation. They shouldn't have been there. It's whatever. Not to be, they they kept it a game for a little while, but Wake Forest was obviously better than them. They were 5-7, and seven, for goodness sake. Um, who am I missing? What other bowl games yeah, did we? Iowa. Hey, Iowa actually gave it a game. I will say that I, I, I went on the parlay. Halfway through the game, like, oh, Kentucky's going to cover, Kentucky's going to this, Kentucky's going to that. And then Iowa looked like they were going to win, and I was pulling for them. And I was only pulling for them because of my nine-game minus Rutgers parlay got screwed by Penn State, who I should have known better than to say would win. They got totally owned by Arkansas. And how are you feeling about that contract extension now there, Nittany Lions? I mean, you might have some hope because apparently one of the names on the short list is Maybe Penn State. I don't see it, but Caleb Williams, if he does leave no Oklahoma, I mean, boy, seven and six a year after a pretty crappy season, and you just gave Jimbo a big, big extension so he wouldn't go to USC or go to LSU. You might want to rethink that, but whatever. Big Ten, you know, decent. Um, probably my favorite out of those was, you know, obviously Michigan State. Um, you know, and yeah, kudos to Penn or Pitt for third string quarterback. He didn't do much, and clearly, but Michigan State's defense then had an opportunity to rise up. Pittsburgh's defense was really good. Doozy threw everything in the kitchen sink at Thorne, had him rattled, had his footwork off, had just had him off timing, off kilter. But Michigan State rallied again. I think that's six times they rallied in the fourth quarter this year. Looked great doing it, but I mean, you'd be crazy not to say that 
the Ohio State Utah game was not an instant classic. I mean, if you like defense, it wasn't, but Ohio State really, really came back well in the second half of that game with a ton of guys not playing because, you know, Herbie was upset that they were all, you know, protecting their own buck, which I agree with Ryan, I have no problem with. Um, yeah, it was a, you know, a pretty fun bowl season, I would say. Actually, there was, for as many crappy games as there are just in general and kind of worthless games, um, there were some entertaining games out there, and most of the Big Ten games were actually entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to the Big Ten for, for performing well at the beginning and kind of fell off. Um, but Ohio State um, and, <coughs> and Utah, excuse me, that game was that was crazy. Really impressed with, with Cam Rising, uh, Utah's quarterback, went down late, uh, but he was excellent. Um, and he's he's going to be good. Utah's going to be good here um, in, in the coming years in the Pac-12. That's a team with an example. They took, well, I think it was Baylor's quarterback, right, out of the Charlie transfer Brewer, portal, yeah. started the season one and two, went to more, like, went away from their roots, went back to their roots with rising and finished strong, got to their first Rose Bowl and looked really good doing it. I mean, that kick returner that they have, that dude's a stud. Yeah, he's I mean, really he was literally a threat every time to take it back did take one back. I mean, that was one of those games where epic with all the points scored. Fun to watch that way when your team's not, the, you know, you're not invested in your own team. Um, Stroud just absolutely shredded them with, now, Smith and Jigba's a great receiver. He was one of three phenomenal receivers for Ross State, so it's not like he was some walk-on out there. But, I mean, dude, 347 yards receiving? Are you kidding me? Uh, and then you had Her- Marvin Harrison Jr.'s, you know, his three Marvin Harrison's son. Three touchdowns. Yeah, two I mean, like, that's what Mel Tucker said that when Michigan State played Ohio State and got throttled back in early November is that, hey, you know, the difference between the Ohio States and really the SEC schools and the rest is that they've got two and three deep that can start. And they got guys in the two and three deep that, for the most part, are okay with being in the two or three deep and waiting their turn because they know when push comes to shove, they're going to get their year of a bust out or two years of a bust out, and they're going to go pro. And that method works. Like, that's it's yes, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, in general, those three especially get the majority of the five stars. But you can do this with four stars and some really good three stars, too, and build depth. The key is is having a culture where guys accept being second or third string early in their career, unless they're re- really ready to go, um, and then go from there and get their chance to bust out and, and do something big. Like When you can kind of turn that tide and build that, like Alabama has done with Saban and then Georgia started to do, and Ohio State has certainly done, Clemson to an extent has done, that's the difference, right? That's why you don't have parity in football. That's why a Michigan gets run because as good as their offensive line that says run the damn ball thinks they are or was during the season, they're clearly not because Georgia's second and probably third string was, could dominate them at the line of scrimmage. So that's where the Big Ten has a ways to go. I mean, it doesn't – I mean, the way Ohio State played okay, yeah, they would have made a better game of it between – Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, the three clear best teams in the Big Ten this year, they certainly, Ohio State would have made a much better game out of it, but Ohio State wouldn't have beaten Georgia. Not after the way Georgia lost to Alabama, not the way that went down. wasn't going to happen, and, and we saw it in the Orange Bowl. I mean, Georgia was just, their quarterback, who everybody knocked as average, shredded Michigan. 
I mean, he made and th- some throws under duress, but he shredded them. By the way, where was Aiden Hutchinson, the second best player in college football according to Heisman voters? I don't know. He's MIA, I think. Yeah, didn't do a didn't do squat in that game. We're we talking which, about this game because I could unload. Are we talking about Michigan? Let's now? go. Talk talking? about. Yeah, we're talking so about guys. Uh, how about those white jumpsuits that you were wearing and all the the shades and all that stuff? Huh? You think you're Snoop Dogg? You guys are pathetic. Uh, are you. Oh, Michigan State. No, you guys got your asses kicked. I told you it was going to be a deep look close on the scoreboard, but it was going to actually be a blowout. It was a blowout, and it wasn't even close. It was for far from and close. And again, just own it. Be a man. Yeah, I mean, it. Michigan State, we lost 38 nothing to Alabama. We own that. We got smoked. They're way better than us. You guys don't. You make excuses. Like you said, the lights. Oh, it's too hot. Oh, Shut up. And McNamara, I thought he was uh, Shut up. the athletic McNamara's guy. McNamara's Jesus himself. He was, he was Harbaugh's guy. And he guy. gets pulled. Finally, Harbaugh's guy. The quarterback guy. that Michigan has always wanted, Cade McNamara, and they need it, gets benched. If you got He's fighting to enter the portal. One of my buddies, I think it's Dauber, that says, if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. Case in point. And uh, in, in Blake Corum, you little bastard, talking your crap, making your TikToks. Oh, running back you, you didn't do anything. You got, he had one, the only play he made was a, a legal blindside block when the guy was four against yards out of bounds right. against a walk-on. Cool, dude. Yeah. Sweet. Nice. Like, and then the fun I, story so, today is that, uh, you know. Harbaugh. Rumors. Jimmy. Rumors that uh, Jimmy may uh, may have found that, hey, I finally beat Ohio State. I finally made, I won a Big Ten championship. I finally got to the CFP. I'm not going to get any better than this. No, it doesn't get any better than this, Jimmy. Um, I, I, I can't, you know, short of a national title, which is not going to come anytime soon. I mean, they're, they're a ways off recruiting depth-wise, not frontline-wise, but depth-wise from the best. I predict he goes to the Bears, but the Raiders are Raiders rumored are to be a hot commodity for him. They've got an existing quarterback. What are you going to do then, Michigan fans? I mean, who are you going to go after then? Oh, they're going to get Dabo or Nick Saban probably, right? I mean, right. I mean, guys, you'd be so much more likable. I mean, maybe the rivalry wouldn't be as fun if you weren't so snotty, but just, like, just own your loss. You got your ass beat by a better team. It's okay. You got beat by a little brother again. It's okay. It happens. It's like I'm talking to my dog. I'm going to pet your head. It's okay. It's okay. I don't personally want Harbaugh to leave because I don't think he's a very good coach. I don't think Ohio State fam want him to leave either. I don't know that they're going to get anything that much greater, but whatever. You know, rest of the Big Ten-wise, though, I mean, back to some other things that stood out. I mean, Got to give Thorne credit again. I've mentioned that a little bit. He, you know, Doozy threw everything in the kitchen sink at him, and he really struggled. But, you know, he made some great throws late. His fourth quarter was pretty epic. It's a great thing for him to build on. Michigan State clearly, clearly more than ever we saw it in that game. Their sins of the offensive line were covered by one canine all year long. Simmons. Could be a decent back, but he doesn't have the patience to wait for a hole to open up. He just runs into the back of his line. I think Collins could be a guy. He runs more patiently like that, but he needs a little bit bigger hole. He's not quite as quick. He's not as shifty as K-9 was. And we saw it, right? Like, okay, there was some, you know, Horst missed the last four or five games. He was dressed but didn't play. 
Um, Jarvis declared he's not going to take his sixth year of eligibility. He left. He'd been playing right tackle. He'd been a mainstay. So oh, I'll give you that. They they were a little spotty on their offensive line. But still, I, I just – that's a concern for me. I think that's the one area I'm most concerned about for Michigan State going forward is – they got to get that offensive line right because I don't think the running backs on the roster or the stud that they're going after from LSU or some of the recruits they have. I don't think it's that. I mean, none of them are canine, right? Like he's a once in a lifetime type of player. He was special. Um, but I don't think the backs were that bad. But man, they couldn't run the ball, and it's because of the offensive line. I think Michigan State's D line is good. They lose some guys, but they're only going to get better with what's coming in. I think their linebackers are only getting deeper and better. I think their secondary is only going to get better. I think the receivers took a hit with Naylor leaving, but he's hurt half of his career JR anyway. coming back, baby. Reed's coming back. That's huge. Malik Carr is going to be a stud at tight end. We're going to miss Hayward because Hayward played a hell of a game. I mean, Absolutely. he played like he meant it in that game. Um, or he played know, himself into the NFL. His late father, you know, went there. Um, his brother plays at, you know, for the Steelers. You know, kudos to him. Talk about an example of a guy who put himself in the portal, kind of did some introspective self-analysis and said, you know what, it's not Michigan State. It's not the coaching staff. It's not whatever it's out to get me. It's I got to do better. And he went back to Tucker, and they figured it out. And, man, was he a huge asset to Michigan State this year at tight end. And good for him. Um, I hope he does well. But Thorne, you know, we got – Coleman, we saw, made a couple of nice Trey grabs Mosley's in that game. Mosley's a phenomenal. I mean, Michigan State's league, Michigan sorry. State's set up well if they can do some damage in the portal. Not getting Goodwin at left tackle that was huge because he was going to be an impact. That's the kind of guy they need. They need they need a line that can block, or they've got to miraculously find the next canine, or their run game is going to be a little suspect next year, and that's going to hamper the passing game. But that's a long time down the road, so we can talk more about that later. Um, rest of it, I thought Wisconsin. Looked, Wisconsin was impressive. You know, pretty the good down the stretch. I mean, they had what like a nine and a half minute drive to end their game. Arizona State never got the ball back. Yep. Again, they struggled to score. I think they've got to make some adjustments. That maybe that's a back Michigan State with Berger. Maybe he's a guy that you know will fit in well with Michigan State. I don't know. I don't know that he's canine, but you know maybe. Um, you know Minnesota in the season they kind of had a little some of their ups and downs, but I thought the end of the season really strong. Um, you know, Iowa, they just, they need to figure out an offense. I don't know if they just need to like get rid of all their offensive coaches, which happens to be coach Ferentz's son and whatever. I mean, their O-line's always great. They always have a great tight end. They have sketchy quarterback play. They don't have enough great receivers. One they, decent running back. Maybe usually. one decent running back who opted out in this game. They, they, their defense, no question. Good. Kentucky's a high powered team and, and they held them in check. They've got to get better on offense going forward. I mean, no question about it. They've got to get better. Penn State's a mess. Clifford's coming back, but he needs help. I mean, Dotson's gone. They haven't had a great running back since, um, what's his name for the Giants? They had Miles Sanders. In the oh, yeah, league. Sanders was good. And well, yeah, then, but, I mean, they haven't – it's been a while since they've they've had a stud, though, and that shows where you need balance. Um, you know, all in all, decent showing for the Big Ten. Not great. Not the worst. I mean, they started off like I said, five and zero, I think, and then they finished off one and four. But yep. um, certainly, I don't know how the SEC ended up. They were zero and yeah, five at one point. In time, I mean, so. obviously, Georgia and Bama. Right. Um, but That's what matters to them, right? That they've got the two top teams, and we'll get more in the CFP here in a minute. So, all right, we've rambled a lot about uh, 
football, so we will move on, staying in the Big Ten. But let's switch it over to hoops. You know, Ryan and my favorite topic. And yeah. I got to say this. So if you didn't catch the last podcast from the end of December, do yourself a favor. We had an epic 45-minute interview in there with a you know, former high school coach, a Hall of Fame high school coach in Michigan, who also officiated for two years and even did some college and now is an assistant college coach. He just gave us tremendous insights, especially about the officiating. Um, I got to ask, Ken, did you watch, probably not because you were in Florida with Hope, but did you watch the Michigan State-Northwestern game? Because that was a train wreck. Now, I will agree. Somebody posted on The Athletic that don't blame it all on the refs. Neither team can defend. I, I mean, I get it to an extent, but at some point, not every single... Everything is a foul, but not everything is a foul. Like, I mean, if you look closely in a game of basketball, just like if you look closely in football, there's holding on every play. They don't call it on every play. There's probably some sort of illegal contact on every play in basketball. That doesn't mean you need to call it every time. I mean, and actually that reminds me. (laughs) Got to go back to that in the Michigan State pit game, the officiating. That fumble that they missed, that they didn't reverse, that was clearly a fumble. There was, what was the other thing? Was it like a blatant pass? Oh, Hayward, where he was clearly in bounds, and they didn't even whistle it in from the sky to say, hey, wait, timeout, touchdown. I mean, Michigan State scored a touchdown that drive anyway, but are you kidding? Like, what are you paying attention to? That was probably the worst officiated football game ever. And I temper that with Ken's comment about nobody ever complains about the refs for both sides. I will for the Michigan State-Northwestern game. I mean, I obviously felt it more as a Michigan State fan, but it was awful both ways in that game. Still, that said, Michigan State 3-0. They only won two Big Ten road games all last year. They've already won two. Got Nebraska tomorrow at the fully masked, fully vaccinated, piss-me-off-to-hell Breslin Center. Dumbest thing I've ever seen. You know the students will be there because they're required to get that stupid, nonsensical vaccination that doesn't work. Um, But, hey... I ain't going to a game. You're not going to make me get a vaccine to go to a basketball game. I mean, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And my big beef there, and we'll stick more to the basketball in a minute, but is you're not going to offer a refund to people who bought their tickets ahead of time when you change the policy on them. Whatever happened to personal choice? Whatever happened to personal freedom? It's my right to not get it and not go, and therefore I should be able to be refunded since you changed the rules. But that's another story for another podcast or a podium for sure. Um, generally speaking though, another thing on Michigan state, been really impressed with Gabe Brown. Um, he's at 24 and 20 in the last two games. He did only have one point one, one assist and one rebound, I think against Northwestern, but he's kind of becoming a little bit of an alpha, although great point. I think it was BQ that said he's never going to be completely the alpha because he doesn't create his own shot. I mean, he could put the ball on the floor, but he's a come off screens. He's a curl guy. You kind of need a guy you can put the ball in their hands to be you know, your alpha dog. But that said, he played really well against Northwestern, had a little scare with Bingham, but he ended up playing really well again. Hauser's been playing well. I don't want to pat him on the back too much because at one point he's going to lay an egg and he's going to make me say, I told you so again. Marble looked pretty good in that game. I feel like Max Christie's kind of coming along, and I think Michigan State's done a good job of bringing him along slowly because they're going to need him more and more as the season goes on. So that's kind of my... My take on Michigan State, I mean, we've had, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven Big Ten games now since we've been, or since our last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just quickly, and then, Ryan, you grab any of these you want. Illinois took care Illinois of Minnesota, Minnesota tonight. tonight. 
Indiana lost at Penn State. They just good. can't. Hoosiers are snake bitten. Man. They're Nebraska. Of Ohio basketball. State had to go, you know, overtime to beat Nebraska at Nebraska. They have a career high from a freshman. Maryland battled at Iowa, but Iowa's been looking impressive. And Wisconsin goes to Purdue and handles Purdue with those bigs. I mean, every one of Wisconsin's bigs fouled out of that game, too. So, um, you know, it's just they don't turn the ball over, right? And they've got to, they've got to go to they've got Johnny an alpha. Davis Johnny, Johnny Davis is an alpha. He can get his own shot, and and that's the difference for here's, here's the thing about Purdue. Raphael Davis tweeted it last night. He said Purdue might be the most pedestrian, just let it happen team. <coughs> excuse me, that he's ever seen, um, and it looked like it from I didn't watch much, but they let things happen to him and they didn't do anything about it. That's the difference between good and great yeah. teams. I think Michigan State showed that, that they have that potential against Northwestern. They had everything going against them. They were shooting poorly. Northwestern was playing pretty well. They were turning the ball over, and they picked it up. They're down, what, 13, 14, came back yeah. with Northwestern in the second half and ended up winning a close Despite game. all the fouls. Despite, mm-hmm. despite having to overcome poor officiating, um, bad breaks, turnovers, missed shots, all that stuff, a, a potential injury to Bingham, which, thank God, didn't happen. Um but that just shows you that there's a difference between teams and their mental toughness, and that's what kind of gets teams going late in the season. That's what Michigan State has, um, and that's what Tom Izzo is, is breeded into Michigan State basketball, and that's why they make runs. Yeah, I, mentally about tough. the only play I saw last night in the in the Purdue Wisconsin game where Purdue did it to Wisconsin was that amazing full court pass from Travion Williams to Zach Eady late, literally right at the rim for an easy layup to cut it to whatever they cut it to at that point in time. But I think that's right. I mean, Purdue, is they've got the best team. Look, we've talked about it on the podcast. They just do. There's no reason Williams and Edie shouldn't absolutely eat everybody in the Big Ten alive except for maybe like Kofi Coburn um, because they just own the size. But they just, yeah, they just kind of slip in and out of it a little bit. And I... That's the one thing that's holding me back and it's going to hold me back in March from picking them to go to the final fours mm-hmm. because that always seems to happen. I, I don't know if you put that on painter. I don't know if that's a culture thing. There's just something there. Like they need to take the fight to people. Like I think Michigan state with their defense and why I think Michigan state's going to be in it to stay, maybe not win the big 10, but will compete is because they travel with defense. I think the same thing for Ohio state they take the That's fight to team. people. I think after watching Iowa more last night than I have been, they take the fight to people. That's why they may stay in it. Wisconsin definitely takes the fight to people. Look at Brad Davison, dirtiest freaking player in college basketball. He gets under your skin. They take the fight to you. That's the difference. That Indiana does not take the fight to you, no, and they lose games like that. Purdue lets it happen to them. That's why they lost to Rutgers. Now, I want to talk about up. one team that lost tonight, a team that – yeah, talk everyone, about a team that doesn't take the fight. Everyone at all. had pegged as a preseason national champion favorite, easy to win the Big Ten national player of the year in Hunter Dickinson. Michigan seven and six. They're one and two in the Big Ten. They've lost two in a row. Um, they had a lot of guys out tonight, they did, but, but but not they, their starters. They, not not really their main guys. I, I've so. watched them. They have no chemistry. Mm-hmm. They have no flow. They are selfish. They're, They're not coached. tough. They are poorly coached. Juwan Howard, sure. Can he recruit? Absolutely. Number one recruiting class. He can't coach. I've been saying it for a year since we've had started this podcast. He cannot coach. They, there's no way with the talent they had last year, they should not have at least made to the Final Four. They didn't because he can't coach. He can't coach. He can't develop guys. 
I I just don't underrated thing about Beeline was he was such a good he, developer. He too. was a good enough recruiter, but he was a hell of a he's like Antonio. Coach. He was a hell of a player development guy, um, and mad respect for him for that because that's why Michigan had some good players in those times. I mean, yeah, but they they didn't have the type of recruiting was Trey class Burke that a five does. star. No, he's a three right. star. Right. I mean, yeah, they're 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 a fraud and they're being exposed. I mean, they got. Run by UCF last week after we did the podcast. They were up I mean, fourteen on them, and that was with their full roster. So don't I don't buy this. You know we have COVID, it decimated our whatever. Everybody's got to deal with the same thing. Rutgers has been an up and down team. I mean it was at Rutgers, but still, I mean you got to find a way if you're well coached. If you take the fight to people, that's why I think Nebraska stays in games. To be honest, Nebraska is not a very good basketball team. They're no, not they're very tough. talented, but they're tough because they take the fight to people. Penn State can stay in games because of like a horror and some of those guys. They take the fight. Like half the Big Ten takes the fight to you. Half of them you can punch them in the nose and they're like, "What? What just happened?" Maryland is another one of those teams that is like that. Um, Minnesota is kind of they're a little bit more of a take the fight to you team. They just don't have the talent, right? Like I mean, they just. They're, they were 10-1 and one going in tonight, but a little bit of a paper tiger. Um, you know, it's it'll be it'll be really interesting. Northwestern's kind of in that fence area. They've got some nice players, but I don't know if they really take the fight to you either, right? Like, they, you know, they got up big, and they kind of acted semi-surprised that they got up big against Michigan State, and, and Michigan State willed its way back into the game, right? Like, so... It'll be really interesting to see how things go. I can tell you so far, I mean, we didn't have too many wrong in the early stretches of the, you know, the first part of the Big Ten season before January, like three of the however many, 12, 13, 14 games wrong. And we've already had one, two, three, three of the first, you know, eight games wrong in this um, little little segue, Sunday to Tuesday. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens the rest of the way. Um, you know, for Big Ten basketball, that's for sure. Ryan, give us an update. How are we doing on our contest? Yeah, the contest, uh, Seinfeld action here. Um, I did not update it with tonight's uh, game, so we each had one player tonight. Um, you had uh, Kofi and I had uh, Ron Harper, um, and both teams won. Um, but uh, I am leading by nine points. Uh, each of us have played 13 games. We'll, we'll be 14 when I update this tomorrow. Um, but uh, yeah, your your big guys definitely out rebounding and out out blocking me, but my points um, seventy two points between two guys last two sixty one to one ninety eight in terms of points. Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray help that um, as well. Seventy two points. I only have one more assist than you, which is interesting. More steals. Um, you have more wins, and then I have more points, but or more total points. But it's it's close. Um, yeah, you took more of the guard approach. I took more of the big approach. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see I how took, that. I took more guard trainers there. Um, but yeah, we're, it's this is gonna be fun. We're we're just getting started here. All right, yeah, we got lots of games. Left. I mean, just left on the slate this week. Before we talk again, we got Nebraska at Michigan State. These are all subject to whatever with COVID. But Penn State at Northwestern, Maryland at Illinois, Ohio State at Indiana, Iowa at Wisconsin. Thursday night's a good night. Saturday, Michigan State at Michigan. If Michigan doesn't try to opt out of that one because of their "quote unquote" COVID issues, Nebraska at, at Rutgers, Purdue at Penn State. Sunday, Minnesota at Indiana, Wisconsin at Maryland, Northwestern at Ohio State. I mean, that's there's a lot of good games between now and the next time, uh, the next podcast. That's for sure. All right, moving on to spot number three. 
Let's go a little Mount Rushmore because we like to do Mount Rushmore. I think we'll do more and more and more of these all year. I kind of like that in spot three, change it up a little bit. Let's go back to football, not just inclusive of the Big Ten, but between us, let's come up with a Mount Rushmore of bowl performances. Number one, Jackson Smith Najibba. You can't be. say any more. How many catches say. did he have? 15 catches, yeah, 347 yards? Three touchdowns. Not, not fair. I mean, that's more yards than – and he's – keep in mind the number three receiver for Ohio State. So go look at the number three receiver for every other team in the Big Ten. I did not do this, but do the exercise. I bet you there's a lot of number three receivers that didn't have that many yards for their team for the season. I mean, that's a no, no-brainer no top of the list. Oh, boy, I had, I had one – I had one in mind too, then I totally escaped me. Um, let's see, let's think here. Well, let's go with what's Alabama's running back's name? Um, Robinson. You know, Robinson, who by all accounts compared to most past Alabama running backs is pretty pedestrian, pretty, eh, you know, whatever. He had over 200 yards rushing and absolutely dominated Cincinnati, who we'll get to in a minute, but didn't, you know, didn't look too bad for what you kind of thought was going to happen in that game. But I would say Robinson, what do you think? You think he's deserves a spot on Mount Rushmore for bowl Yeah, I think so. I, and I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i tell you my second one right here. It goes to the Baylor defense. Ten sacks against Ole Miss. Ten. And they had a pick six, too, at least, yes. right? 21-7. Ugly offense game. Jerry Bohannon threw for 40 yards. Seven for 17. <laughs> was he Jared Goff? Yards. Yeah, and they won. Um, they also had 279 rushing yards. But, yeah, ten sacks. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Baylor defense. You know, all right, here's the other performance I got to give. And I think, well, obviously Stroud had over 500 yards passing, but I believe um, old boy from Purdue, shredded Michigan State, Aiden also O'Connell. had excellent game. 500 and some yards passing. So I'm going to put him as you could kind of like co-chisel half Stroud's face and half his face. But, you know, arguably Purdue does not have a Jackson Smith and Jigba because their great receiver opted out to prepare for the NFL. Uh, and still, he had I think he had 567-ish or something yeah, like that. Um, in an unreal comeback. I mean, they were down 20, 534. 534. They were down 21-7, I believe. Um, no, Ohio State was down, I think, 28-7 for that matter, or something similar. Um but just a gutsy performance. Again, Purdue's best defensive player didn't play. Purdue's best offensive player didn't play. And yet Purdue found a way to beat an overrated SEC team. So I think that's pretty fair. Honorable mention more. Brady Zappi, Zappi, however the hell you want to say Zappi, I think it 422, is. 4-22, six touchdowns. Yeah, all oh, time, yeah, six touchdowns. All-time leader um, in single-season passing touchdowns in the NCAA. And you know what? I mean, well, we're, we'll just do another shout-out for another great performance. Jaden Reed. I mean, six catches for 80 yards, it seems like. Oh, two whatever. Losses. Two Two touchdowns. I mean, the the game-clinching touchdown that he had, a true 50-50 ball being interfered with that he just ripped out of the pit defender's arms, well-defended, albeit with pass interference. Stud game. Hayward, another stud game. You know, that's the fun. If you sit down and watch these bowl games, whether it's just your team or, or some of the other ones, and again, maybe not all the early games, that Gasparilla and all that garbage, but the games really after Christmas, there were some really, really good performances in those games. All right. Spot number four. We'll keep it in college football. Do a little bit of uh, 
maybe we can look back a little bit at the CFP. We kind of did that a little bit. Obviously, we covered Michigan, Georgia. We didn't talk much about Alabama, Cincinnati. Um, so we can talk a little bit about that. But let's talk about mostly Georgia-Alabama rematch. We both saw it coming. Some people will say, eh, this is why it's bad for college football. I do agree. I mean, the, the, the semifinals, I'll say this. The semifinals proved yet again why we need more some more teams in the playoff. Why? Because really from 3 to, let's just say it would be a 12-team playoff. From 3 to 12 would probably be some pretty evenly matched games. Michigan State, Pitt were two top 12 teams, um, played a really great game. Ohio State, Utah were, were two teams that would have been in the playoff, played a really great game. I mean, those are the kind of games that we're missing that then maybe we'd have a we'd have a little bit more entertainment at least in the first couple of rounds before it maybe settled into normal because let's face it i mean teams can't compete with alabama on where they are georgia is about as close as you can get right now and clemson kind of was for a little bit but so the the answer to that and to make these games more compelling is to add more. I know it seems counterintuitive, but in my mind, it's they got to add more. And even if they just go to eight, I mean, you're looking at probably some much better games. And another great one, Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. That would have been yeah, the other. That would have been the other playoff game. Um, you know, if you look at rankings, maybe not the game that it would have. You know, the matchup, but another epic game. Oklahoma State with a great comeback. So, um, I think that's missing. I think Cincinnati. You know, they fared pretty well. They they hung tough. They gave up a late touchdown to Alabama when they kind of were still in the game. Very familiar, 2015, Michigan State, when they threw an interception in the end zone, driving, and it could have been, I don't remember what it was at the time, but it could have been like... It would have been 10-3 or 10-7. 10-3 or 10-7, and maybe it's a whole other game, right? So you, you kind of wonder what if. I mean, clearly Cincinnati was a little overmatched. Doesn't mean they didn't belong in the playoffs, so save me that. Spare me. That's why we don't have a... You know, non-Power 5 in there. No, they deserve their way in there. They belonged in there. Alabama's just, they're just deeper. They're just better suited to have success. And it helps they have the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback, too. I mean, Saban just had a game plan. You watch it. They ran the ball right down the Bearcats' throat early and often in that game. And they bullied their way down the field, much like Georgia did to Michigan. So, you know, fast forward to my thoughts on the championship game. You know, some people will say, oh, I'm not going to watch this. It's just a rematch of the SEC game. I think it's going to be a really compelling game. You know, Georgia Georgia was up 10 nothing in that SEC championship game, and Alabama threw some haymakers that Georgia was just, like, standing there stunned. Like, they didn't know what to do. Like, taking a punch from Mike Tyson, you're still standing, but you're like, how the hell am I still standing? What happened? Where am I? What's going on? I, they're going to be better prepared I don't think that they they threw everything in the kitchen sink at Michigan. They got a couple guys. They got one guy that'll be back. Uh, one of their defensive backs will be back for the start of the game. They got another guy that's um, a, a one half sit because of a couple of targeting calls in the Michigan game. Um, I you know if Stetson Bennett can play that way, and here's the thing: when Alabama threw the haymakers and they got up surprisingly on Georgia, Georgia had to get off their script. They had to get off what worked for them. If Georgia can bring the the fight and withstand a pushback, which they'll get, like they did against, well, they didn't get a pushback against Michigan, but they brought the fight to Michigan and had Michigan on their heels and they dominated. And 
I think they got up 10 nothing in that SEC championship game and thought, okay, it's going to be easy. And then Alabama swung back, as Alabama will do, and they didn't know how to recover. They didn't know how to play from behind. I think they're going to be better prepared for that. Stetson Bennett actually he impressed me against he Michigan. Did. I mean, he, he threw some him. really good deep balls in that game. They had a great game plan. They just they picked that short stuff that and to the outside that Michigan could not contain. They could not stop. Georgia's got depth at running back. Their defense is is better than Alabama's. I think it's going to be a rem- It's going to be a little bit of a payback for that twenty seventeen national championship. Was that twenty seventeen or eighteen national championship? Uh, twenty seventeen eighteen. Um, you know, I I think. I think Georgia wins that game. I think what are they? Their favorite, like by two and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. It might be overtime, like it was when Tua came off the bench to throw the, you know, long touchdown to to stun them in overtime. Gladly. Um, I think uh, Georgia wins that game. You know, I'm not gonna. I'll go. I'm gonna go twenty-seven twenty-three Georgia. Bold. I'm gonna do the opposite. I think Bama's gonna win, because um, I love Nick Saban and I think Bryce Young is. Outstanding. I think Georgia's an outstanding team. I think it's going to go to overtime. I think uh, Bama wins this one 37-34. Nice. And, hey, you know what? We'll be watching next Monday, and we'll talk about it more. But any other insights or thoughts, Ryan, from those CFP games or what you see coming up this weekend no, or this week? No, I think I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens. I think it's going to be one for the ages. Um, just looking on, on Twitter today, seeing videos um, of – they called the best football game of all time 15 years ago today. Uh, Vince Young um, and um, USC playing against Texas there. Um, great game. Um, hopefully it can be like that. Fun story uh, that night and why I no longer have a dish. Watching that game in my man cave. I had a heavy slushy snowstorm that night. I had a big super soaker squirt gun on, you know, on the ready just in case. Sure enough. The dish got blocked, and I missed Vince Young's touchdown. I had to listen to it Tough. on the radio. So, you make your own call on Dish, DirecTV, whatever. That's those commercials back in the day, cable versus the dish. They were right. All right, let's move on to spot number five. And keep it in football, but let's talk a bit of NFL. We're in week 18. This is a first for the NFL. There's a 17 regular season games. A lot of stuff sorted itself out last weekend. We went from five, six, seven teams, you know, deep, still in the hunt, you know, in the NFC and the AFC to, I believe, we really only have a handful of it's teams, close. Ryan. What's it looking like? It's close. So, uh, we'll look at the AFC first. So, uh, the Titans, the Chiefs, uh, the Bengals, uh, all clinched the divisions. Uh, seeds are kind of to be determined um, based off what happens, but the Titans right now are the one seed. Um, if they win, and Henry and may be Houston. rumored to be coming back he, for the Henry playoffs. Henry is apparently going to come back for the playoffs. He's going to practice tomorrow. Apparently, give it a little go. Uh, Chiefs um, finally lost to the Bengals, who are, are a very good team. Not a good offensive line. Good team though. Bills already clinched the playoffs, um, as well as the Patriots. So um, if wins and losses kind of happen there, um, both could flip flip spots and and have different different games. I'm looking here. Um, Patriots are playing the Dolphins. Um, and the Bills are playing the Jets, so um, probably two wins by each, and we'll probably stay the same there as the four and five. Um, and then in the hunt, uh, we've got Colts as the six. Um, they play Jacksonville, um, so that should be a win um, and solidify that sixth spot. Then we got um, the Chargers in the seventh spot and the Raiders in the eight. 
winner take all um, next Sunday night on, on Sunday night football. Are the Steelers still in the hunt or sure. not? Steelers and, and Ravens are still in the hunt technically, but they need help. Uh, let me pull up the playoff picture here. Adam Schefter posted. So um, Baltimore clinches a playoff berth with a win, a Los Angeles Chargers loss, an Indianapolis loss, and a Miami loss or tie. So they need help. A lot, a lot of help. Um, and, well, by the way, with all those going for two in overtime garbage or the, in the regulation yep, Ryan and I talked about, they, they screwed themselves. Screwed themselves. Colts, uh, they just need to win and they're in. Or Los Angeles uh, loss and Baltimore pit tie. Um, and then going on, um, let's see here, Raiders win, they're in, obviously. Chargers um, win or tie and they're in. Um, and then Pittsburgh, they need to win. They need an Indianapolis loss. Um, and then they need, it says, Las Vegas LAC game does not end in a tie. Hmm. Right, because the Rams would get it, right? Like, I mean, not the Rams, the Chargers would get it if the right tie. So, right, absolutely. crazy. All so right, that's, so that's the AFC. That's the AFC. Uh, moving over to the NFC, um, Packers, number one seed, locked off home field advantage. Um, that's going to be tough at Lambeau. Um, the Rams clinched playoffs. Um, as a two seed, they could flip with Arizona um, based off win or loss this weekend. Um, Buccaneers clinched division um, could be a move as high as the two seed here, um, as well as the Cowboys. They clinched um, the, the NFC East. Um, the Cardinals also clinched a playoff berth, as well as the Eagles, a team that was kind of struggling a lot um, and kind of came out at the end. Um, they're, they're clinched right now as the seventh seed. Um, and in, in the hunt, we've got the 49ers. Um, they're the sixth seed, but they're technically still in the hunt because. Well, I believe they play the Rams on Saturday, on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's see. So they're in the sixth spot, but they have to win to stay in. And yeah, they play the Rams. Okay. So that's not easy. And and the um, Cardinals play the Seahawks, so that'll probably be a win for the Cardinals there. Um, so th- there's still some fight for for who's going to play who in the playoffs. And the Saints also still in the hunt um, on the bubble there at eight and eight. Um, I, I know they need a lot of help um, pulling them up here. Um, so they need to they clinch with a win and a San Francisco loss, and they play Atlanta. So they could get in with the not. Yeah, be so. There's some. So there's definitely some interesting games coming up coming up this weekend. One thing that I found uh, entertaining as a quasi Vikings fan only because our boy Kirk Cousins is their quarterback, and our our neighbor boy Kenny Wilkes has been playing for them on the D line this year. Um, that was pretty funny that. So they started Mannion, who wasn't very good, uh, and they just couldn't even establish the run game or anything. You know, Cousins was out with COVID. I'm surprised more people didn't rail on him because he's unvaccinated with COVID because what why, what's the difference, I ask, because there's plenty of vaccinated people that have COVID too. So stop with the whole, you're not vaccinated, it's your fault, blah, blah, blah. Get Stop. But what I thought was really interesting, and Zimmer may be not doing too many more press conferences for the Vikings, but Mond came in, I think he was like two for three, and they asked him in the press conference, do you think that Mond warrants a closer look next week in the game? Because Cousins may still be out because of protocol or whatever. And Zimmer just flat out said no. And they said, well, why? You don't think that he deserves to get another look? And he's like, don't you want to take a look at him? And he's like, no, I see him every day in practice. If that's not a vote of negativity for your quarterback, it'll be really interesting. Do they get rid of Zimmer? What, the Cousins has one year left on his contract there. Look, hey, I'll trade you flat out. Cousins for golf right now. Have him. I would take Cousins gladly with a couple more weapons at 
uh, you know, with the Lions, because the Lions have an offensive line. Lions are a couple of weapons away from but a dynamic offense. We'll, we'll get more into the, the playoff picture, and we'll predict that out next week. And then one more um, thing on the playoff picture. So San Francisco, as they're they're in the hunt or whatever, uh, on the fringe. So they if they win, they're in, or if New Orleans loses, they're in. Okay, so they're in decent. They don't, they're, they're in decent, decent shape. shape. They, they control, control their own, own destiny. Own destiny. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. So we'll get more in the NFL, um, and then I don't know if we'll wrap in the NFL playoffs to our pick them and see. We might have to do that because – Ryan's a little bit ahead of me. Might as well. Ahead of me, so I got to have a shot to catch up. I took some more flyers in the bowl games, and I think I'm a little bit behind. But all right, that is around the world. Lots of fun stuff to talk about. Lots of fun stuff coming up. Sadly, only about a month more of football, and uh, then, but not sadly, then we can talk a lot of basketball. All right, let's move on to our sprint, as we always end the show with. A little personal one here for spot number one. Give me one personal and one sports New Year's resolution. Uh, personal, um, I don't know. That's a good one. I got to eat better. I, I got to eat healthier. I think that's Boo. definitely something. Uh, Drink more. Sports resolution. Uh, what, what do you mean by sports resolution? Like for my team? It want, could be for your team. It could want, be for you. I want Max Christie to start hitting shots. Because <laughs> then Michigan State goes over the top. That's a good one. All right. This one's tough because I haven't given you any time to think about it. One new golf course to play that's on your 2022 list. Forest Dunes. Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's got to be. That's, that's a really good that's one. On the, that's on the list. All right. Spot or, you know, sprint spot number three. What has been or what was the best bowl game? What has been the best bowl game? Um, I. It's tough. I think the Music City Bowl low key was the best. Um, just the way it was back and forth, and it was just a track. The meet. crowd was great too. Yeah, it was, I mean, loud, it was loud. Tennessee, Tennessee represented. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, and all right, last sprint spot: twenty twenty two movie that's coming out that you can't wait to see. I don't know. I, I there's only two that I'm really excited about, and they're it's Batman and um, Top Gun two. But I'm gonna say Batman because I I love the Dark Knight movies. All right, good, good ones, good ones. So one personal, one sports New Year's resolution. My personal, my sports is kind of personal too, but my my personal is my fat ass needs to lose 25 pounds. I've either, Ryan left me at home tonight, didn't take me to the gym with him. I did go last night and I did the dad bod 20 minute workout tonight and I'm feeling every bit of it, but I'm determined to get going because once I make something a habit, I'm usually pretty good about it. My sports New Year's resolution is, is to get that index back down. Um, I'm at 15.4 now, kind of crept up, and Ryan beat me for the season last year. So my goal is to get that down to a steady 12, and that means I'm going to have to practice a little bit out in the backyard a little bit more, which the backyard for us is a golf course, or on the nice little putting mat that we co-got for Christmas that Ryan's been hogging so far. One new golf course to play on my 2022 list. Yeah, I mean, Forest Dunes is one. This is a little bit more of a long shot because I just don't know necessarily think it's going to happen this year, but maybe we can try to make it happen this whistling straights. Ryan will have to pay for it probably, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, best bowl game. Well, it's hard to argue with that Tennessee-Purdue game. Um, not a game that you would expect to be great back and forth over time, but I mean, I got to go with Ohio State and Utah. I mean, that was just that was epic. It was just a really, really exciting game to watch. The records that were there. Big play after big play. I mean, at one point, there were three touchdowns scored on three straight plays. Long pass by Ohio State. 
kick return by Utah, long pass by Ohio State. I mean, that was pretty epic. And the Rose Bowl, is it's the granddaddy of them all. 2022 movie coming out. I Honestly, I love movies. I don't know much about movies that are coming out anymore because COVID's kind of ruined it all. But they better not move it again. But I got to go Top Gun, too. Absolutely. 100%. All right, Ryan, give us a little bit of a wrap. Yeah, just a reminder, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we want to get more content up there. So once we get more followers, we'll start posting more. Um, but, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Happy New Year. Um, looking forward to um, just this week um, in, in basketball and football. The NFL is going to be fun, um, as well as the national championship. We'll talk about that next week. It's sponsorship renewal time. We're, we'll certainly go back to Team Anders, who's been a wonderful presenting sponsor for us. But we're open with other spots if you've – if you got something, even if it's a low level, just, you know, 50 bucks to get a mention here once in a while or something like that, hit Ryan up on Twitter or shoot him an email or shoot him a text. Um, we could always, we don't want to over-advertise the show, but we could always stand to add another sponsor or so. And speaking of sponsor, again, shout out and thank you to Team Anders Realtors. Great neighbors, even uh, better people, and fantastic realtors. I mean, they've they've got the experience in West Michigan Look them up, Jim and Donna, teamanders.com. If you have realty needs in West Michigan, they've got to be your go-to. All right, with that, as Maverick and Goose once said, I feel the need, the need for speed.